welcome to Magic on the Patio. I am your host, Lauren Mahana, and I am here with the lovely, spectacular, midlife transit expert, Alyssa uh-huh. Polinsky. <laughs> Hello, Alyssa. Oh, hello. This is your grandma coming in hot. <laughs> Welcome to your 40s. They're fuckery. <laughs> no. That's a great way to start off this podcast that I will um throw out there. I don't actually want to say trigger warning, but I want to say preemptive trigger warning for anyone who is um listening to this, you're most likely close to our age and are either going through your midlife transits or are kind of at that precipice of moving into them. And I think we're going to actually talk a lot about it. Um, I don't know why, but we will. I think there is some some TV shows that we've been exploring and watching and some in reality shows, like watching certain reality shows. I've been like, oh, I bet you they're going through a midlife transit. (laughs) Like, oh, that's why you're acting out. Um, you know, it's it's just yeah. really interesting. So I think that's what we're going to really talk about today, but also with our regular Monday in astrology, um, highlighting mostly February, since we are still in the beginning stages of February and maybe touch a little bit in to March as well. Um, so yeah, I think I want to start off with talking to you about the full moon that just passed. I feel like we're still kind of in the energetic flows of it. So it still feels yeah. very in the in your face still this full moon for me I'd have to say like I was kind of excited it was like right on my ascendant my ascendant to descendant Mm -hmm. so it was um obviously impactful on my chart and then because the t-square that Uranus was making with it is also like close to my midheaven so I had a it's a very impactful transit for me but in the way that it was impactful, I just felt more of the craziness around me mm. than I felt it on a, I felt it more on a collective than I felt it on my own level where I felt like it was just, I felt like I needed to help other people because like things were going wrong with others, but it wasn't actually like so directly and tied with me. Which would time. make sense um, as an example of how when a, like the moon hits your ascendant, it's like, it's definitely internal um but with the oppositions of this leo and aquarius it's like aquarius is all about community right and it's all about like the outside community so your feelings and how you were feeling were being brought up within yourself but it was actually an outward projected projection onto your community um yeah which is kind of a cool way of explaining that transit because man i don't know i didn't like it not yeah. that, not in a bad way. Like it didn't really affect me personally either at all because it was transiting, had... transiting my 12th house. Yeah. Whole sign, whole sign it's trans, trans, uh, transiting my 12th house. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely transformative, um, that moon for sure. Yeah. I was going to say is we both had the same thing happen though to our kids where oh, they yeah. both Leo risings, Taurus suns. And they both got really high fevers, which yep, which Insane. I thought was crazy that that happened at the exact same time with both of them. And it was when looking at the timing of it, it was about 12 hours after the moon peaked. Because for, mm-hmm. for Lily, I think it was around like 1 a.m. ish, 1, 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, in the morning, woke woke up in the middle of the night, yeah. crying, same. go in. She, she I feel her, she spiked a fever, threw up 
put her to bed, gave her some, you know, some Tylenol, woke up the next morning, like nothing had happened, not acting sick, not, it didn't even seem like food poisoning. It was just some like disruption to her entire self, which would make sense for that first house, like a a disruption of, of the self, of the physical entity of the self. Well, yeah, having having Taurus hit their natal sun, yeah. I mean, having Uranus hit their natal suns with the full moon, like you kind of see where that would like come up. But it was all like it was funny because Mason was it's almost the exact same time. Yeah, woke up like fevered, like he was like a furnace, like inferno. Like I haven't felt him that hot in a really really long time, and mm. I was just like, dude, let's get you some medicine and like. He was just like an ice bath. (laughs) Yeah, he was screaming. And like he normally doesn't like that, but like I had to take off all his clothes and give him meds. And he was out for like he was kind of like not doing well Sunday. And then Mm. Monday we kept him home just because he still wasn't a hundred percent. But he was just like it was was very one of those more bizarre things I've seen happen where it just like it came kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and having that kind of correlation that like it happened to our two children who are not physically near each other. So they're not sharing a virus or they're not sharing a bacteria or didn't share food. So it was, Mm -hmm. and I also had two other people that I'm friendly with say that they had a really rough night of sleep with their children. Like just either they weren't feeling well, or it was just like up and down, up and down. So there was definitely some sort of physical manifestation of the moon and Uranus. I mean, you also have to look at, I don't want to get too heavy or anything, but like the earthquakes that happened around the same time in multiple points of the earth, like no conspiracy theories at all here, but like, it's just crazy to think that like, we know that the earth moves together and has a plan, obviously. I mean, it, it wants its own survival, right? And so it's moving and shifting and um, cracked and then exploded <laughs> yeah. around the same time as our children doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is like, you know, this is when you're like, yes, like the planets, the universe, like those are like why astrology works is because of the fact that it is within us, you know, and we see the microcosm and the macrocosm of what a full moon that had a tough, like, um, square happening it with Uranus, like, this was a tougher full moon. And we Mm -hmm. saw it on like, highs and lows of like impacting well and you have to think it's very world. fixed it's fixed energy too so yeah. it's like that tough like slam your head slam your body slam your emotions against a wall until it breaks like it is not yeah. trying to be manipulative and, and move around like immutable and it's it's not trying to like problem solve like a cardinal like it is like no no no. i'm gonna force my way through this problem or whatever this changes and i'm just gonna like put my head down and just like <laughs> yeah destroy I mean, I- I definitely feel this Uranus transit that we're still going to be going through for the next, you know, handful of years. Yeah, no years. Um, we, I just don't think that the earth is going to be the same place as when it started. Like I just more and more like you're just seeing the earth is fighting back. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely like a um, a resurgence of kind of like, Gaia mother earth is an actual entity versus just like a rock that we sit on and however you want to deem that if it's you know 
has like actual thoughts or if it's conscious or whatever we we deem as as intelligent but when you see it really um sync up with the mathematics and the database of astrology it's kind of like oh shit like i feel like the earth really is speaking to us <laughs> and giving us a map like it's saying hey i'm going to do this at this time prepare yourself well and if you don't, you don't. Sorry. <laughs> Were you the one who sent me the fault line in Africa? Yeah, the fault. Yeah, the fault line thing. I, which I don't think mainstream media has actually picked up on at yeah. all. Which, yeah, having that giant crack. Which I think through. so. I did some research. Supposedly, scientists have been talking about this for a very, very long time. Like this is not like a new thing that the the Rift Valley is so slowly separating similarly to how like the like the um the plates in california are going to start shifting away from each other it's like they've known this it's just it was unexpected that it would be such a large single moment that would create a 50 foot gap like it's the split mm -hmm. is actively happening now like i i kept having this image of like of like the land before time you know <laughs> oh my gosh that's where my head is but i was like oh no oh. little foot and i was like who's little foot in this story is it us oh my gosh yeah we are little foot <laughs> we like the old dinosaurs yeah california is definitely gonna fall off <laughs> yeah but the thing is like is it falling off or is it just saying hey peace out i want to be this giant island um, uh, this was always my destiny yeah sorry my... guys mom dad i'm growing up <laughs> like I'm technically a young, a young body of land, and I'm, I'm ready a, to be on my need, own. We need to see California's birth chart and see where their north node is. Right, right. And I wonder, like, so what would you consider their birth time? Would it be when they became a state, or is it like when the mountain ranges were formed? I don't know. Like that's that, that's where you have to get real. <laughs> get real philosophical about well, it one i love i love the the direction that this episode is already going <laughs> but i think like that really sums up this moon because you know when you're on that leo aquarius axis it's like it's all about the self but the self for the greater community and that's how i like to see it i like to see like you level yourself up to be a better member of your own personal community um mm -hmm. or the opposite you know you know it doesn't have to be for for good or bad but there's a shift and change within yourself that then will um affect the your surroundings and the mm -hmm. structures that you are a part of and and i feel like we're seeing that in politics right now i mean i feel like we saw that with the state of the union like i think there's just been some really interesting moments of like individuals uh creating like strange change <laughs> strange change well i don't know i didn't I, I haven't talked about this to anyone because i i i actually like honestly am at this point where i like just like don't care about the federal government like i've never had but like it's just the people in it like i'm the 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 characters are just so uh silly to me that i'm like i don't even want to watch you but like i watched the clip and i saw marjorie taylor green in that uh white fur outfit she was in i don't know if you saw that and she's like in a white fur like suit kind of vibe and she's like booing biden which is like okay whatever like boo biden whatever but like him turning and like looking at her it's like villain origin story outfit like 
<laughs> like it was like I was like what are you wearing like no judgment like at all like wear whatever the fuck you want to wear but like someone said wear this and it's going to project an energy and a feeling of a certain way and you're okay with it like she looked fine like her, her body looked good like the color was fine like every everything aesthetically is but it's like the wrong place and time to wear that outfit like you're not Ramona like that's the outfit <laughs> and I was just like there, I was like what is this individual trying to do to the structure and I'm like I think it's backfiring a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just because of the outfit I was like oh I don't know about that it's like, like hmm. choices choices hmm. were made um yeah so I don't know that was a little tangent of of I thought an individual on the on a grander scale like creating an individual moment that just looked off and I actually think will backfire in a way of like yeah I can't I like can't wait for the memes to come out I'm surprised no one's talked about her her outfit yet Honestly. Yeah, that is surprising to be honest. Uh, honestly, um, but yeah, so that's how I feel about the moon. Um, I don't know. For me, I had a, I personally had a really good day. Like I had some work stuff. Like I had a lot of energy. But then, like mm-hmm. now, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm still like reeling from the energy. I've been tired for weeks again. <laughs> no. So I was thinking about that. So like I was talking to a few people and they were like, yeah, it's like I, you know, I'm getting decent sleep. You know, I have my routine, like I'm eating really good. I'm like getting body movement, like I'm doing all the right things. And like, I'm still really tired. And I was, I was trying to think of it as from like an astrological point. And I'm like, well, all the planets are direct. We're racing right now. There's nothing that's kind of keeping us in that self-care or like reflection check right now so no matter what you do the energy is so full force that like you're gonna fucking feel tired mm-hmm. right yeah, like because like true. there's nothing other than a couple of asteroids I th- like I think Vesta or like Ceres or something might be retrograde but but other than that none of the um none of our main planets are in retrograde yeah so. but we're still in shadows aren't we for Mars and Mercury I think we're in shadows for Mars, maybe Mercury, maybe like this. Maybe, is the last maybe week. just, maybe Mercury just cleared. Yeah, because I think I Mars. Know I, yeah, sorry. Oh no, no, I was gonna say I think Mars. We have like another like two weeks, but it's like such a long shadow period for Mars. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also this Mars, Mars still being in Gemini is such a, it's such BS. I know Mars needs to get out of. Gemini. It's like of Mars and Gemini. I feel like George Santos is the epitome of this like retrograde of Mars. Like, like it's, dealing with George Santos, he is Mars retrograde in Gemini. Like, I really need to find his birth chart, but he's I, that like chaotic energy and per- personified. I like. I am hoping that he's like a deep plant. Like, I'm hoping for like some like how. How'd this happen? How did this happen? And like, I get it. Like the Republican Party specifically, like this would only happen here because they've gotten so far off of the, 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 I don't know, the formula of what it's supposed to be. Like they're so (laughs) far gone that of course there's an opening for it. But like, it seems such like to be such a waste if it's just that. Like, I like hoping that it's for, like, I hope there's some sort of like, backstory 
like like you know kind of like villain-esque like why were are you such a pathological liar and like why did you do this and it's like oh it's really because I want gay rights <laughs> or I want everyone to be a drag queen <laughs> you know what I mean like something really like I, I, it has to be something <laughs> this, has, this is building the story is building um yeah it's just just really yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm still in that. Yeah, the Gemini Mars, I think it really just depends on where it's hitting you in your natal chart. Like some mm-hmm. people I know are have been okay with it personally and other people are getting wrecked by it. So it's just like, I would look in your yeah. chart and see, where do you have Mar- uh, Gemini? Is that your- it's my 11th house. Your 11th house. Yeah, so it's been going through chaotically through my 11th house, which I think I felt that a bit, but it wasn't too like tough. Yeah. I actually think like it's been a I think it's just been dealing with the chaos of everyone else and understanding that like the chaos is around me (laughs) but I feel once we move once it hits my 12th house and goes into cancer like I'm probably gonna feel like I I feel like I'm gonna have the more emotional impact yeah well it's gonna be like a letdown like that kind of yeah Yeah. And like, it's only going to be in cancer for its normal amount of time. So it's not going to be like a, Hey, you're going to deal with this for almost eight months. (laughs) No, thank God. Yeah. It'll be be like, you know, what, not even eight weeks at that point. Like, yeah, yeah. It's fast because it goes back to its regular, regular schedule. Oh, I know. And I, that's something that I've been sitting with and I'm like, I have to keep checking myself every once in a while and being like, I'm sitting in this energy because like it's one hitting depending, you know, kind of like my, it's hitting my mid Haven truly, you know, it's hitting my, mm-hmm. my like 10th house cusp <clears throat> and it's my moon. So it's just a lot of like, I'm like, Oh, this is why I'm so doom and gloom, but like not in a bad way. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to talk about all these weird, sad things in a way that is not sad <laughs> and uh, tap into, you know, root familial genetic trauma you know <laughs> and then uh try to uh, correlate that to uh my career <laughs> um but yeah it's just been one of those things to kind of keep like a double check on so i mean you know anyone who's listening who follows astrology check and see where gemini is sitting um in your chart which you probably have but reassess what has been going on you know what has been brought up over the past oh god six to eight months of um in that area uh like so if you have like a second house gemini you know maybe it's been finance or restructuring maybe you refinanced your home or maybe you you know got some money or maybe there's some like debt collection kind of stuff um or maybe you went to culinary school i don't know something something to do with sustenance and stability um (laughs) But yeah, culinary it's, school. I just had the wilders to sign up for culinary school. I really want to hear from you if you did that. <laughs> just like, I'm just, yeah, like you never know. <laughs> no, I know. I love it though. I was just like, that's such a specific thing that like, it is. I'm, well, because I was trying to think about second house, I was like, I wanted to get off the money thing, and I'm like, what else is uh in that second house? Sustenance and stability and sustainability. Oh, food. <laughs> Food, yeah. Egg prices, you know, like if you oh have, if you're, if, if you have Gemini in your second house, like, did you get chickens? Even if your HOA says you're not allowed to have them, did you get 20 chickens in your backyard? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, 
Because that's some clown energy. Or, or were you the person who really noticed the chicken price, the egg prices? Because honestly, I have to say, I've been paying this much for eggs for a long time now. Like, I don't really see the difference in the egg price. So, I've been paying. Like, yeah, because in New York City, tax of food is so inflated to begin with that you don't really. I'm like, I've been paying six, eight bucks for eggs for a long time. Like, I can go to the farmer's market and I spend the same price as if I buy them from, like, the grocery store the deli because I'm buying organic yeah. eggs no matter what yeah no so, the organic egg prices and, are not truly shifted at all um but it's just it's funny to see like I mean I I spent uh the past you know egg crisis purchasing my eggs at Costco so I got I'm 60... surprised you don't have chickens to be honest it's something that we were thinking about I don't like birds mm. like I mean I would take care of them and use them as farm animals but I just like it's like another thing to take care of you know and you have your enough wild animals yeah and we had talked about house. it i think we have we were really seriously sitting down and talked about it over the past couple of weeks and like do we do this and i think it is something eventually we will do i just i'm tired <laughs> and contemplating about actually like taking care of something else really like that breaks my soul <laughs> yeah let's go buy the eggs let's go to costco that's it let's go let's to costco, costco and buy a limit the of eggs. two you can still, you can get you can get 120 eggs for 40 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but like it's one of those things that like it affects me because we eat so many eggs like Roz eats like a bodybuilder she will have four eggs a day in the morning for breakfast i made her two eggs and toast and a smoothie yesterday morning she was done and she goes can i have some more eggs I mean, sure, but I was like, honey, we need to really cap it at like five eggs a day. Like, I don't really, the whole cholesterol thing, like she's a balanced eater. Like, I'm not thinking she's going to have heart disease from these eggs. You know what I mean? But like, I'm like, maybe we shouldn't have, you know, that many eggs a day. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Um, let's mix it up. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think once we move out of that energy, that Mars Gemini energy, I think things are not going to calm down. But I think there's just going to be a different feeling because at that same time, that's when Saturn is going to move into Pisces, give or take, give or take a few days. I mean, they're not having the yeah. same day, but um, I do think that there's going to be a huge shift when Saturn moves into Pisces. Yeah, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts of Saturn moving into Pisces because I have like my own theoretical thoughts about it, but like it's going to be a totally change of energy. It's going to be, I think what it's going to do, it's going to um, be the floodgate that really shifts our e collective energetics into like, and I know it's not Aquarius, but like that full age of Aquarius vibes. Like, I think it's going to be that solidification of the new era. Whereas like we've been slowly building into this new collective energy. And I think that this shift into Pisces is actually going to, create the space for structural dreaming for a new collective mindset. Like, I think we need mm. Saturn to be sitting in Pisces so we can create the illusion of what the structure we want to happen before we actually create it. Like, I think there needs to be a dreaming like quality that is a constructive dreaming instead of a delusionary dreaming. And I think as a collective transit, I think there's a huge possibility with that. Um, personally, I think it really de depends on where it's going to hit. 
um, your chart. Uh, and I know we're going to have a pretty, we have the younger, what is it? The, the middle aged Gen Zers will be going through their Saturn return. Like not the middle ages, but like the middle part of that generation of Gen Zers, I think are going to be going through their Saturn return. Right. Doesn't that make sense? They're not. Or are they the elder Gen Zers? Are Hold they on. there yet? Because they're not millennials, right? No, this is the first shifting. No. Hold on, let me look. I yeah, just... look at that because I feel like this is the first Saturn return of the shift of the generations. I just did a whole bunch of. Did you? Because I, I at the at the store, I just did a whole bunch. Like I had a whole group of girls come in. Yeah, because I had I did readings exact... the other day, and they're all starting their Saturn return in Pisces. They were all like early Pisces, um, but with the retrograde, the one who was born early the first had her retrograde her Saturn return happening pretty much next year because yeah. it never hits direct this year because hers was the farthest out where it had retrograded yeah. and the people yeah. who were born and I think this is that like that cusp part of the generation like I think it depends like do you consider yourself a very like young millennial or are you an older Gen Zer? Yeah. So I think there's a generational shift that's happening um, because, right? I don't know. Hold I also could be 100% wrong with this. No, hold on. I just need to find the right chart here. No, it's okay. I just, but I think for me, the the Piscean um, shift into Saturn is going to um, create an artful expression of what we dream our future uh collective society to be do i think it'll actually happen absolutely not but i think it's going to be the time where art explodes again the baby is being born like there's up in that whole conversation of like people like when your babies are born in the next couple of years they're going to be like those like renaissance like the the energetics of like the birth charts are going to be very much like the people who were born during the renaissance right yeah well this was actually what i was thinking of when you're talking about earlier was about how in tune our kids are because they were both they were born with the pisces neptune and the pisces yep. chiron yep and like i know mason has that pretty close in his chart in his eighth house and so i'm sure then yeah both of my um, girls Roz is a smidge older so she's on the she has more capricorn and more mm -hmm. uh i have to look at her chart she has some stuff that is more capricornian versus Pisces but Lily's on the tail end because Mason's between them so these kids uh are still wait where's Pluto um yeah like are they Pluto Pluto Sagittarius or are they Pluto Scorpio um okay so this girl who was born in 95 she has a zero degree Pluto and Sagittarius yeah this is that so and her her Saturn, her, her, I mean, her Saturn at 18 degrees Pisces. So we're looking at the tail end of millennials. Millennials. Like, this is the last grouping of millennials. This is, yep. We're going to switch between millennials and Gen Z. And Gen Z this Saturn. This coming next, yeah, the, the next two Pisces. and a half years. So the fr yeah. first half is, Ooh, is the end dope. of, me too, the yeah. end, the beginning of this Saturn return, the, the first, you know, 15 degrees, I would say is all still the last of the millennials and then after that we're going to hit the 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 
older Gen Zers, which yeah, so to me, it's, it's that it's that shifting of generations. One, it really solidifies that millennials are actually adults. So let's like tell the boomers that we're not 15 anymore. We are running the country at this. We are trying to run this country. Just yeah. move out, retire, go, mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Just, just I went to my first town meeting in our little town. That's like Gilmore Girls. And my whole goal now is to literally have, you don't have to join a committee. Don't join anything. I want people under the age of 40, just go to the meetings. So these old people realize that like we live here and like, we're the ones who are actually productive in the community, not some old man saying we don't want to pay taxes because we don't want to pay school taxes. And it's like, but didn't you put your kid through the same school and you now don't want to pay taxes for other people's children? That's yeah, like a Leo love- generation. That Leo. The- <laughs> so, I know, <laughs> so, I know. started. But anyways, that is that is what I think um is is gonna be the huge shift is that most of our younger Gen Xers, elder millennials are hitting their midlife transits. Yeah. Most millennials yeah. are now actually in the core age of adulthood, like actual active adulthood. And this is a really thinking a shift that like the mentality of who's running the world and who's running the um the economy and yeah. and all of that i think it, and i think that fits really beautifully into this whole transition of the next era is that like the patriarchy and that kind of like colonized mindset of how we've created democracy is yeah. truly in a in a downward spiral and it is being transformed into something else what it is i don't know good or bad i don't know but i definitely think there's going to be a huge change for the world collectively there i mean there has to be but it's just like i'm sitting here thinking about the like i was born in 79 i'm at the big really i'm in my uranus opposition which Mm -hmm. is the last of the midlife transits and I just keep seeing how much these transits are affect. Like this is going to be hitting like such a huge. These midlife transits are hitting now with such a huge block of people, people your age. I know. And I, like yeah. how how this how this actually tying like we're now getting older. Like we have Gen Z in the workplace now. Like they're fully like. They're fully integrated. In the they're work. not inter- they're not interns yeah. anymore. They are fully no, they're integrated. they're hired yeah. people working in the workplace. We have millennials now really taking over the top positions. They're with, upper like, middle management. They're directors. They're the CEOs yeah. now. Yeah, like, but we have because we have. I'm like I'm at the very tail end technically of Gen X. I'm like the last of Gen X, and then you know, my bosses are still are done Xers. My owner of my company is the same age as me. Like there's, everyone is within now getting within this core age. And we're now like seeing that like the tail end of the boomers really is like the only it's holding out in the government, which it's the only place that they're truly holding out is government and like owners of giant fortune 500 companies. Yeah. That's the only places where they're still at, but they're like really a place where they should all be like retiring retire in a 55 and up community and i'm gonna be mean about it there just needs to not there just needs to like the more that we get these people out of these structural positions and we really like we really have gen x as the top of the like employee food chain yeah you know and like gen xers gen xers are like 
they're the parents of Gen Zers. Like they are like, we don't talk about society enough. I think Gen X always gets lost in the like sauce. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't talk enough. Of, I think, I think TikTok is now talking about Gen Xers, but like, they're like rebels. Like they don't want to stick with everything the way it's been. And there is like a change where they are want there to be a change versus yeah. like sticking with what has been but yeah. they're willing to move the needle at least and not do everything as it's been done and like having that mindset which I think is really like the problem that people have with boomers so much is the fact that they just are like this is the way it was done so we have to keep doing it this way yeah and because it's, it's like- also beneficial for you not to to change the system yeah. if you are if you're thriving in it why would you change it why think about someone else like yeah. right now, me as a white cis woman, I technically thrive in this culture. I don't want to thrive if no one else is thriving. If yeah. the person sitting next to me is not thriving and they mm-hmm. have disadvantages because of the system that we've created, I am ready and willing to make myself uncomfortable so everyone else can have the same advantages as that I was given because fuck y'all. Yeah, exactly. To me, I think it's so, I think this is where that generation split really is. And I think this is why Gen X kind of gets lost is because I think there's something about Gen X where they're like a 50-50 generation. Some are like fully the other way and then others are more leaning towards the like, not liberal end, but it's more of like, okay, with change, you know? And the, the biggest problem with the generation splits and these older ones is the fact that Pluto Pluto Leo is boomers yeah but then so is half of pluto virgo yeah is boomers and then you've got the other half of pluto virgo which is the beginning of gen xers but that's where you're looking at that split is like countess land and like that age range is yeah. the top end of pluto virgo i mean they're at the split between gen x and boomers and, boomers. and so you're yeah. having there's a still like you still kind of want to put that older part of gen xers into the boomer boomers, like especially put, if they've thrived in put, that society you want to put the virgos it's like you want to put most of the pluto virgo into boomer so you're looking at two pluto of uh, boomers really like i feel like that and then you're looking at the pluto libras and that was a fast transit like, that was a short pluto, transit yeah for sure yeah it wasn't a very long like pluto was not in libra for very long and then so that's where you kind of like lose like I really think of Gen X is really like more starting with like the Ben Stiller, like mm-hmm. singles, like that, like yeah, grunge. That grunge. And, and it ends, it ends kind of in the tail Me. end of like 1981, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there was that because there was a uh, grand conjunction in 81, right? It was 80, yeah. 81. That those yeah. where that's where the Libra um, conjunction the Libra, was. Yeah, that's where that whole group is. So because- like. You know, and that's one of the reasons I never, I never associated myself with being a Gen Xer because like fully Scorpio generation, like, yeah. like, you know, yeah. but mean, like, I look at like my husband and you who are kind of in that, like you're Libra, but like you, you mold to either way. And I think there's something about the beauty of being an air sign in a Saturn is that you can be flexible with your thoughts and your beliefs. Well, my Saturn's actually in Virgo. Oh, you're in Virgo. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I have. What's your degree? Twenty-three. Oh, okay. Okay. Twenty-six, something like that. It's a it's a late one. Because then I think it must have shifted in nineteen eighty. Then. Yeah, because my sis, like I know everyone in my sister's generation has that, um, 
that grand conjunction yeah same with like doug and all of his friends yeah are all that like he was actually born on the conjunction that his yeah. birthday so, yeah. is the day of the conjunction oh wow yeah the december 21st 1980 he he, he has his uh saturn exact- and jupiter and something else are all like all the planets were aligned that day this is wow. mom thought he was the next coming like Obviously. literally she really did <laughs> yeah my my saturn's at 23 degrees mm. okay so i have jupiter jupiter was at like far out in virgo when i was born in 79 so it was at five degrees and okay. then so like in that time um jupiter catches up with yeah it's just it's interesting to think about i mean i know we we tend to focus a lot on um generational stuff but i think it's because we are uh in such a time of flux in the state of the structures of of our world like i don't think generations were a big thing to chat about in the 1950s even though there was technological change people were still like submissive to the structure of the government or like whatever world's conglomerate type energy said this is how we live our lives go do it you don't fight against it and like no one really fought against i mean people did we've had the civil war mm-hmm. the revolutionary war and things like that yeah. but you have to think about it the energetics of the of astrology right now is very similar to what it was like during the french revolution so mm-hmm. you have to think about how we are not even allowed to pretend anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the guise of pretending that this structure that we've created where everyone feels safe and comfortable, it's like the planets are saying, no, like Uranus is saying, no, you can't even pretend to feel comfortable. Even if you are, if you're sitting in yeah. your home and you have a decent amount of money and you have a job and you feel fine like your life is fine uranus is saying you're not allowed to feel fine yeah like that's that's what it is and i i I think it's going to be interesting to see saturn moving into pisces and then this last tail end of millennials like what change are they going to bring to the table yeah when you You fully when we fully move to a a time and a space when millennials like you know end of gen x millennials xennials whatever you want to call them that group you know people my age like you know i'm 43 years old like i'm done 20 years of my career already i mean you know? that's, and that's, that's 40 that's years insane. ago you'd be almost close to retirement yeah and like i'm not even close to being able to retire like i'm not even we are, like we are we are never going to be able to retire yeah i don't know I, retirement is like a foreign dream I don't, it was. I don't it only even, happened for it only happened for two generations ever in all of life, ever. Yeah. And it was the silent generation and these and boomers, and that's it. No one else retired. You died. Yeah, <laughs> we're, you died. We're, which is why, like, I think, like, back to where we were starting at the beginning. Why midlife transits are so important now, which this is actually like deep thought by Alyssa is we're starting a second career because we have to make a career that's going to take us in longer parts of our like our life yes. that is going to sustain us because what we can do when we're young in our 20s and our 30s is not something that we're able to sustain and keep doing 
you know, most people can't stay within one solid career or in, without changing. Like we change as humans so much and we've learned so much and we've done so much and who we were, who we were when we were 18 years old going into college and deciding what we wanted to do. And for a lot of people now, like I know people, uh, most people younger than me weren't able to even find a job right after they graduated college. So they haven't even been able to be in the career field that they necessarily wanted to be in. And they've like like morphed and grew in other ways that they probably weren't expecting. But now like this midlife transit that have been coming up is checking everyone to be like, what are you doing? What is sustainable for you? What's not sustainable for you? What yeah. is ethically good for you? What's mm -hmm. not ethically good for you? Like what is going to help this? And I think we're all having that humanity check right now of like, what's good for society. And like, we don't want to be keep doing the things that we've been doing because we see how much what's wrong right now. And I think that's why we, why these midlife transits are going to be so impactful as we keep hitting all of these like people who start going through them like I know I felt mine hardcore I'm at the tail end of mine I still probably have another year left of it but like now as we start getting everyone else is going to start hitting these like it's just going to be like a big like slap in the face yeah and I'm I, it actually makes me um kind of I know this is going to sound very roundabout but it it makes me happy or um, gives me hope that uh, about the pandemic specifically, because it really did highlight um, work-life balance and how it was killing so many people. And the, the ability for so many people to shift their, their really hardcore jobs that were putting so much stress on themselves to the home. And this is not to everyone. This is, this is definitely a um, people of privilege type energy mm -hmm. um but it really did it highlights a lot of people who are going to be going through their midlife crisis transits because a lot of those people had to shift to work from home and then realize oh wait like I don't need to be in the rat race as much or I'm not putting in more than 40 hours like no like screw you I'm not taking that volunteer position that is another side job that I'm not getting any money for you know um and I think it really did highlight uh the the lack of support um that is given for people who basically give their lives over just for a paycheck and that's on yeah. so many different levels i mean and you look at it like with the amazon workers you look at you look at it in restaurant workers um you know demanding a fair wage but also just demanding time like i'm sorry yeah. i work five shifts a week and that's that like the that's the, the train workers who demanded yep. days off I don't want time and a half off. anymore. I don't want overtime. I want a day off. And I think that's yeah. the shift. I think the shift went from, oh, give us more money and we'll be more produ productive. No, now it's give me my time because mm -hmm. money only gets you so far. It's really yeah. time that brings you that kind of peace and growing and shifting for then you to do things that really fill your soul, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think this is definitely comes from a place of privilege and there's a lot of people who cannot yes. do this, but if it can yeah. come from this upper mid-level, then it can, this is where trickle down actually works. Yeah. Um, it will trickle down to other areas and education might get better and social programs will get better because- Someone who maybe worked corporate is like, no, I actually really want to start, you know, working in a, a nonprofit or within my community. Um, but things, I think that's where like these, that. yeah, these midlife transits are going to do that for people. And I think a lot of people are going to, yes, bring it down. 
because I think the thing that you said that really struck me was you said supported. And I feel like there is just not enough support for no one has support right now. Yeah. I think we're all at the edge and feeling completely unsupported. We're feeling unsupported, unsupported by society. We're feeling unsupported in our lives. We're all, everyone is like, I think stretched so thin right now. Yeah. And like that pressure is just what's like killing and like getting at everyone is just like the, the lack of support. And I think that it's beautifully said too, but it, it, it not, but, um, but it's beautifully said, uh, and it really ties into how you can use astrology to map out what's to come. So it's like, we're, we're mapping out to, um, Pisces, which is all about internal spiritual growth and connection to the other. So how do we take this discourse that's been happening, like with the Aquarius, the Capricorn, that Aquarius energy of like, oh, I got to create the structure. I got to burn it to the ground and then rebuild it. And I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And now we get to kind of take a step back and go, okay, what building blocks do I have left? <laughs> what did I start building? How do they make me feel? How do they make me feel closer to my internal monologue and whatever your belief structure is, if it's God, spirit, or aliens, like how, how does that, how does that manifest for you? Aliens. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, and, and how, how does it truly make you feel? Like, I feel like the thing with Pisces is like, the question is going to be always, how are you feeling? Where are you feeling in your body? It's going to be very somatic. I feel like the next like two and a half years is going to be like, I feel like every yoga teacher is going to become a somatic healer. You know what I mean? Which is great. Yeah. We need them all. Everyone should be their own somatic healer. And then you should also get support from others. But like, where does it feel in your body? And then you see, you know, we, we have young children, but my youngest, you know, she's the first class of pandemic babies to be in preschool. And the preschool is having a rough time because these babies <laughs> did not have any sort of, um, any sort of structure because they were home with their parents for way too, not way too long. I do think that, you know, I was stay at home mom for a very long time. I think that there, there's an ability of just being with your child, but also having support and structure like playdates and groups and socialization. Yeah. Um, they're having a really rough time. These kids are not okay. They're fine, but they don't know they're different and well, they're, they're different. They're different. They were raised alone and only in the household. Like it's yep. a very different type of society yep. that had, we have not seen this no, in and modern these society. Kids, and the teachers are like, we're doing all of our things. Why isn't it working? And it's like, because these kids don't understand what independent play is. Like I was talking to one of the teachers and she was just like, yeah, it's like these, they look, look at them. They hoard together and they're literally like elbow to elbow in the sand pit. And none of them want an independent play. They're all like little, like little commune of bodies. And she's like, they're all so attached. They only want hugs. They only want to sit next to each other. They don't want an independent play. And I'm like, well, then maybe you should change the structure of your preschool. And it should only be cooperative play. Because if these little kids can't actually sit and play alone, that's not a problem. But maybe that's what you have to teach now versus the other way of teaching kids how to play together. They were so lacked of it that they seek it out. So I'm like, maybe we should start shifting what the structure is. Well, and this is just the whole thing. It's like, they're the first, there's more coming. 
And exactly. I, Cause she, I, I she's three and a half, you know, the pandemic started when she was six months old, like, you know, and then there have been babies who were born only in this energy, you know? And it's yeah. like, what more can we do at home? Like our, like, she's great at home. Like we're, I mean, there's stuff, but like, you know, and then there's like, well, maybe you should get them tested. And I was talking to an OT friend. It's like, she's like, oh yeah, all these kids will be diagnosed with ADHD or some sort of like, PDA or operative dysfunction, something. She's like, everyone's just getting a diagnosis now, which is like great. But if everyone's getting a diagnosis and then the services don't change, then what's the point of having the diagnosis? Well, it's like, if everyone's getting diagnosed with this, that is like exactly what you just said is like, there needs to be a shift in how we're teaching. Then it's not, then it's not a disorder. It's It's not a disorder. There's a, there's something wrong with the foundation. Then their brain is not wrong. It's just their brain does not want to compute how to sit at a desk any longer. Yeah. It's just like, we need to, which I think then ties really back with the Pisces Saturn. Like if any Saturn is going to get this done or at least have the conversations, it's going to be this Saturn. Well, and then also the whole thing too, is like this year, we also will have Pluto move into Aquarius so like that deep transformation of moving to the society versus more of our individualness is going how are you feeling about that Pluto transit we haven't actually really talked about it what are your feelings on it I I mean I'm 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 real happy to see it get out of Capricorn I'm not gonna lie like I'm on personal reasons personal notes I feel like deeply (laughs) deeply happy for Pluto to move out of Capricorn I there's no part of me that will never not tie these late degree Capricorn Pluto transits with the pandemic and oh, yeah. everything that happened. And so there's no part of me that still doesn't feel like until it moves into Aquarius, are we going to really move past the the pandemic? No, like the, the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah, we will live in COVID like life until we get not deep into Aquarius, but at least a few just degrees into Aquarius. At least a couple degrees, like oh. just like yeah. in Aquarius, it's going to shift we are going to then be able to, I think, just change the world viewpoint off of this whole, like, pandemic, like, this was, and be able to at least then start healing from it. And I think yeah. with Pluto and Aquarius, I think there is an ability to transform uh, that energy to a heat, more of a healing energy. And I think that's what we are going to be doing over the next, and transforming how we're doing society from, like, it's never going to look the way it was. Yeah. And that's what this, I think that's Pluto and Aquarius. That's what, that's what we're going to see happen over these next well, and with Pluto, years or yeah, whatever. I think Pluto and Aquarius is going to say, we can't go back. So let's build something new. Like, yeah. you know, with these last few degrees, it's been like, we've, oh, we've known we needed to destroy the, or like, you know, destroy the patriarchy. It's, we it's, know we needed no. to change. We've known that. And it's been slowly happening. But now with Aquarius, it's like, all right, let's actually get this shit done. Like, there's no more evidence that's needed that this is no longer working. And I think that's what Capricorn was doing. It was showing us all the evidence and all the information and really making it clear that our society no longer works. Well, it was built on a house of cards that only helped a certain group of people. And like, if you didn't fall within that category, you weren't being helped and like, that's just not okay. And the, it's and like, like truly the sad thing is, is that it only helps 1% of the population. You are just yeah. under the, under the, the false, you know, notion that because of your skin color, you can be a millionaire or whatever. And it's like, 
no man you, you still you're still a fucking sucker you have it a little no. bit better you have it better than everyone else but you're still a fucking sucker well the <laughs> only people it really helped was the yes it is the top one percent of the the like, the world the people yeah. who have the money that's who it helped yep it wasn't it wasn't by race it's it's by the ability to i mean yes. i mean yes, yes. as yes. a white woman I'm sorry yes sorry, I, I, yes. I benefit 100% from this society. Yeah. But but my my family are fucking suckers. <laughs> We're fucking suckers. Like, you know, I mean, not, I mean, yes, me today. But like my, my familiar line of colonizers did the fucking dirty work for others and are at fault and we should be paying reparations yeah. and we should be doing all these fucking yeah. things. Yeah, we fucking, we were the henchmen. So, yeah, I, I'm on that sure. tangent of henchmen. No, yeah, no, it's bit. fine. I'm, well, no, because I've, I've been thinking about this a lot because of my, like, my dad is Native American, mm-hmm. like, to Colorado region. My mom's family came over, like, my mom's, my mom's grandma's side was, like, like, second off the Mayflower, like, yeah. settle, settling up there. Yep. And so I'm, like, definitely, like, convinced that, like, my mom's ancestors probably killed my dad's ancestors oh and i'm so sorry but my ancestors 100 percent killed your ancestors just yeah. it's like an internal battle within myself yeah but like, like i mean how intense is that being ancestral yeah yeah like my i definitely have because my my grand my mom's father's side is from more recent mm-hmm. uh um what are they called? Uh, immigrants. Yeah. So they're like within the last like hundred years, like they're the, not... the fresher white people wave. Yeah. And they moved all to like middle America, like a uh, middle, like Minnesota, like they were all Oregon trail vibes. Yeah. But so like, that was, that's on that side, but yeah, I'm, I've been thinking about this a lot about how probably like a hundred percent, like, cause we went, when I went to the Salem witch trial thing, like, um at the New York Historical Society I went to this like museum exhibit there on uh the um Salem witches and I was like yeah my mom my grandma I really don't know what side where my grandma fell like on the Salem witch trial thing if you were alive she was an she she watched the hanging of witches good point that's that's how I see it I and and do, like knowing my family and literally coming over very shortly after the Mayflower as well and and living in this part where I actually have moved to of New New England, um, if I am alive, I most likely had ancestors, women ancestors who were killed, but they're not my direct descendants. The the female line that birthed me allowed those women to be burned That's... or murdered. That's a hundred percent true. And that's like, where I think a lot of white women live with that, that like internalized, like let's keep propping up white men because they just live in fear. But it, there's no yeah. excuse. There's fucking yeah, no excuse. There's, uh, there's different parts of New York. There's um, different um, areas of New York that is named after my ancestors. So they're definitely the bad people who definitely did bad shit. And like it's pretty dark now that I start mm-hmm. thinking about like you really. You know, we don't have to. We don't have to think part. about it much deeply. Yeah, you know? like you know. But, but, yeah, but yeah. it's interesting to think that like Saturn and Pisces, which then Pluto and Aquarius. I you know with how many people have gotten their like genetic testing done and their DNA ancestry stuff and like all of that stuff. I think there is a um, 
almost like an internal revolution happening of rediscovering your roots so that you can heal it in today's world. So like me discovering certain aspects about my family and then going, oh, and then really discovering like when we were colonized, like, like being Mm -hmm. really hurt at the fact that like, God, my people were indigenous people too. And then they were fucking colonized and destroyed and then hurt people, hurt people, and then profited off of that. And then looking at myself and going, how do I heal that as someone who's not actively doing it, but still Mm -hmm. participating in a society and benefiting from the society that is perpetuating these values? Mm -hmm. And then how do I pass it on to my children to understand without like living like uh, guilt, you know, Um, but knowing that we hurt people. And this society is actively hurting people. And and how do you give them the tools to go, no, this is wrong. And this is the structure that should move forward. You know, and I think it's just active thinking versus yeah. complacent thinking. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a fucking topic, man. I know. I didn't mean <laughs> to go to this topic, but here we are. What, what's, what's our daily transit today? Uh, we are moons of Virgo. Um, I don't, yeah, I just... I don't know, but it, I think this is also like, you know, tangents aside, these are the conversations that happen. Mercury, Mercury's conjunct Pluto. So, oh, that yeah. That makes, makes, oh, maybe that's why I feel uh, like I'm like, I'm wearing a black hoodie today. Yeah. I, I was like, Mar- listening to, like Mars, sad is, emo. Mars, Mars is sextiling Chiron. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and, this makes sense. We should have not recorded Venus, it, but it's okay. Venus is sextiling Uranus. <laughs> Boom, everyone. Um, this is not light or happy. This is a transformation for the sake of transformation. This is good to have these conversations because I've, I'm, I'm still figuring out how to like understand like the depths of the, it's like such a, I'm, I'm just, I'm struggling still. Like I'm struggling with how to like do better as like you know a white person like I I feel like I don't do enough to help better of society and I want to do better and I want to understand where other people come from and I just want to like not carry whatever like like the wrong I want to make sure that I'm doing it right for my my son so then he can hopefully do better you know and change help change be a part of the change of this world and like that's all I want yeah and you know it's just yeah I think you even just expressing that and living it and is is as much as you can do now and not to throw not to not to stifle yourself with needing to be better it's like no you're you're actively doing more and and succeeding at it so you know it's I think there's a place of just like honoring yourself for just acknowledging this because you didn't have to you know yeah it's just it's you know it's it's a it's a it's a learn it's learning it's learning to do better it's learning to acknowledge the wrongness that's happened and more than but I just need like you know it's like I need to take the next step beyond it well, but you have it. to think about it allow yourself some like you know let's like uh love and light it but give yourself some fucking grace because you just went through some really big life transits 
you know, astrologically, and you're now at the tail end of it. And that's when the work actually can begin. So give yourself like, and that's something that I've thought about for myself, because, you know, I can get like really wrapped in my fucking head. I'm like, I gotta be better. I gotta do better. I got how much more action can I create? And then I go, well, right now there's so much happening within me and my personal circle of growth that like, I can only enact change or create new structure with the energy that I'm given. And mm-hmm. I'm like, not saying like, I'm going to put it off until like 2025 when I'm out of my transits or like towards the tail end of my transits. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say, that's really when like, I'm going to be able to start creating and living the foundation that I'm working out now. Like I'm in the problem solving yeah. phase and you're kind of like getting out of that and you're like, okay, yeah. then how do I enact this? Well, yeah, that's so true. Cause like, I mean, I was a mess. Like yeah. I was a human, human, like cesspool of a mess of a like I was like the gutter like 2017 Alyssa was like gutter Alyssa and she was like not a good time I was like the like sludge at the bottom of the like lake like that's kind of where I was at like, but you got drenched melted. like the Hudson yeah I got like I was like just like melted drudge and it's taken me a long time to get back to being like this human like I'm back in my like human form again and like I'm willing to like be the person who takes up space and like as loud when I like I like just muted myself for so long and like was just but you had to mute yourself so that you could actually have the experience of transforming as an individual and I think that's something that this society the thing that we've built pushes us away from the cycles of natural life right? We literally have shifted our society to do the opposite of what the seasons do. And same, like we don't have coming of age moments in our, in our society. Like we don't have these, these mile markers that create space for what you just went through. We created it. We created midlife crisis where like a guy buys a Ferrari and like a, a, a housewife, you know, has an affair with a pool boy. You know what I mean? Like those are what we were like milestones. It's like, no, no, no. Like a midlife crisis is like, I'm shifting and changing the core essence of who I am by growing off of past me, not throwing it away, not dumping it, going like what tools helped me survive the past 10, 15 years? What am I taking along with me? And what am I releasing in a way of respect, you know? And then just moving forward. Yeah, it's so true. But I think that for me, the pandemic, I'll always look, it came to me at the exact time I personally yeah. needed it. Yeah. I needed that you needed, a, you needed a fucking break. You needed I a needed, shift. Yeah. And I was able to, I would not be where I am with astrology. Like I'll say it now, I'll say it forever. Like if I had not had that, like, you know, lost all my friends who I've like gained back now. But it's a very like, crystal moment from Beverly Hills. Listen, yeah. you're 14 friends. I know. <laughs> Seriously. But like, had I not had that like break from society yeah. to like fully go in, I wouldn't be where I'm able to come back out now. And like it was like the like having like at the height of like those midlife transits. Yeah. For me, like having those Pluto squares, Neptune squares happening while in the middle of the pandemic. Like good times it was the times like I'm I feel lucky that 
I was able to grow spiritually at the time when you, that and, was the time. And to that's look when inward. we met. That's when we yes, met. it was. That was. Know, Which, you know, and it's, now. yeah, and it's crazy. Um, but it's also one of those things where it's like, especially if you're living in partnership, like I got to witness, you know, my husband is the same age as you, or he's a year younger than you. So he went through the transits during the pandemic as well. And I was beforehand and it was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I mean, I'm sad too. Like the world shut down, but like, let's get our shit together, (laughs) you know? And I really did not hold space for it. And now I'm not making up for it, but it's more of a like, you know, he's in his tail end of his uranus opposition right or is it uranus square no he uranus opposition but his probably is his is later than mine because i still have not hit mine directly you haven't hit yours directly so he's going to be coming into his probably coming into his next year so i've been holding space for him better than i did when he was in his saturn square you know because i was i I didn't even understand that i feel like the uranus opposition is the spark that starts your like new it's like the spark that the starts new the engine going like, and i think that's like for him life. it's like work stuff like do you ship career do you stay do you keep yeah. growing and it's a lot of like practical shit yeah. you know um and like for me you know i'm at the tail end of my saturn square um and then my pluto stuff starts happening next year yeah, so, but in the Saturn square, they don't even put in the midlife transit. They don't. And I really do think it's the catalyst. I think it's the beginning. Well, because it is because it's like you hit your Saturn square and that your Saturn square is like re-looking at your life. And then the Pluto square is like, oh yeah, I have some deep transformation. So I think it's interesting. Then, yeah. Then you do the Neptune square is like re-looking at your spiritual self mm-hmm. and like what really matters to you. So you've been doing like all of this transforming of like, giving up like the structure, giving up the, like the transformation, giving into the, like um, the spiritual, like going through all those, those three things, like that really is like life changing work that you're doing. Yeah. And there's not enough people really talking about how much life transformation you are going through, through these things, because they're not easy and they're not fun and everyone's suffering. Like you're suffering. I think what it is, is that it's everyone goes through. So like a Saturn, I feel like a Saturn return. It's like just a small group of your friends are going through like craziness, but it hits very differently when your entire generation and like the tail end of the previous generation are literally going through something for like seven fucking years. Like it is, it's really hard to not see it, but think it's just an everyday thing. It's like, oh, you're 42. It's a shit show. Like no one takes it seriously because everyone is going through it. Um, But yeah, I think it's, um, and that's why also everyone says that their forties are so much better because I think once I get out, like, after 43 like I'm gonna have probably still going on to 44 but I feel like my life is gonna look so different it's gonna be clear it's like so much different because you're gonna finally gotten through all of this and like I think you know that's why we see like there's just like I just I'm now that I'm hitting like now I'm really close like I'm in orb with my Uranus opposition it's not far off so I'm like thinking, sorry to cut you off. I think one of the reasons why they don't consider the Saturn square a midlife transit is because for the previous generations, Pluto doesn't come immediately after. With the Scorpio generation, it comes like immediately after. Usually there's a longer period of time between the transits. And how, how our generation specifically is with how Scorpio was, 
um it is like it, it doesn't overlap but it's like literally like within like a month kind of thing like it's very very it's, clo- it's closely it, and because that's why I was like oh I must be going through my Pluto or I must be ending my my Saturn square because I'm moving into my Pluto and then I looked and I'm like oh no like I hit the direct already but like I still have it next year and it's like then immediately I go into my Pluto like it's it's like they butt up to each other really closely yeah. um but Which yeah, I talk think, about transformation in Scorpio. But I, but that's the thing. I think that's one of the reasons why millennials get such a fucking, um, like, you know, shit talked is because we truly are the generation of transformation. And like, who gets the most like dirt and mud kicked in their face? It's the people who actually like decide to yeah. change. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, Libras, we know the difference between Libras and Scorpios, like, my generation was just like, all right, well, this kind of sucks, but I'm going to still keep going at it. And I'm going to try to win, even though I'm not going to. You're not going to. And, the, and Scorpios are going to be like, no, I just uh, started with my third therapist. Me. So I have three therapists on deck. I'm, uh, you know, I'm taking every medication. I'm also getting a lobotomy. And <laughs> like, 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 it'll be like very, very much like in the conversation and everyone will be actively doing it. Like, yeah. I I was at Costco last night and the checkout girl was talking about like who was close to my age. I shouldn't say checkout girl, checkout woman. She was close to my age and was talking about her therapist in line with a customer. Like it was like one of those things, like she was like, Yeah, and then my therapist told me this. And I was like, huh, it's just so refreshing. <laughs> it's like just gonna be <laughs> like any sort of emotional and mental transformation or work is just going to become such a uh it's just going to be the norm with this fucking generation yeah just like, it's like who good. we are just who we are i mean this is what happens when your entire generation's put on ritalin at five like what do you but expect? i was also just <laughs> thinking about how millennials haven't been able like you know going back to the whole like this is something that's happening within like my friend group and I know yours, like this age range of this not being able to own a house thing. Oh my God. You no, know? we could only own a house because of the pandemic. Honestly, because we were so broke as New York City people, we got a lot of COVID relief. If we lived anywhere else, we wouldn't have. But because of the tax bracket, the taxes in New York, the only reason why we could own a home is because of the pandemic. Wow. Because we were like, oh, we got some, we have two kids. We got some COVID cash. Oh shit, do we have enough money for a down payment on a house? No other way could we own a home. And we're still a one car family. We can't get two cars. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like we still don't, can't have that life, that picket fence life. But there's no way of owning well, a home. There, there's no way that's ever going to stick in. And there's just, there's this need for stability for us as adults for our children now that need fundamentally know that they need this but yet don't have the resource it, it's just like it's just such a like well, within this but yeah the saturn square and the pluto squares are really making me think about how this is coming into check for so many people of this like need for the stability well i've been having a lot of conversation with my friends who um decided to wait to have children until they were settled financially 
And they're not having regrets on that, but there is such a huge thing with millennials specifically of not having kids until they have their career set, a savings, something, because the uncertainty that we've always had. I mean, we started our career life in a recession. 2008 was the first year that my my generation graduated college and we're supposed to get jobs. <laughs> And then that never happened, <laughs> you know, or you had to shift your career path. And it's like, well, if I have to work three jobs and I'm living paycheck to paycheck, do I have a child? Do I even get married? Like, do I, yeah. do I do these things? So I've been having conversations with some friends who are now actively trying to get pregnant because they have their, they have a home or they have an apartment, they have a stable job. And they're like, well, now I feel like I can have a child. And it's like, I think that's such a huge shift. Um, emotionally and energetically than like previous generations it was like yeah. just have your kid you know what I mean deal with yeah. it because it's... it's so expensive because you want to give them you want to give them a life that is emotionally fulfilling it's not about money yeah. but it's about feeling stable and how do yeah. we feel stable it's through having a fucking roof over our head yeah which is going back so to expensive. Saturn like as we just keep talking about Saturn like this is just such like Saturnian talk <laughs> But, you know, now, but now, like, even going back, like, Saturn going into Pisces, like, the fact that maybe there is a hope for a dream of making those dreams come together. I think that's your next t-shirt. I think we hoodie, hoodie time. I want a new hoodie. I don't like this hoodie that I'm wearing. So can you come up with some cool logo so that I could buy it, buy it with a hoodie? (laughs) Saturn, 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 hope for the dream or... (laughs) Saturn, we're gonna get the dream. Damn it. We're gonna make the dreams happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's I, I guess that's really the theme of this um this episode. And I think we had talked about one of the catalysts of us talking about midlife transits is um watching that show uh Fleischman's in Trouble. Oh, and um, you know, if you haven't seen it. If you are in your late 30s to mid 40s, I highly recommend it. Um, It can be triggering to some. It might not be for others. Uh, It is is a highlight. It's It's a highlight of what midlife for young Gen Xer or like young Gen Xers and elder millennials are. Like what our midlife crisis look like because it's not the same yeah a divorce might happen because that's happened in previous ones but it's not the same you know it is it it it, the shift of the nuclear family is something that we're so used to that Mm -hmm. like what the way that we're bringing our kids in is we're bringing kids I mean this is just how I teach my son like every family looks different yeah no family is the same every family comes in different shapes and sizes we all come in in a different way in a different like type there's not one type to be they're all they're They're all all great they're They're all all wonderful everyone has their family look different but like this is just that is the norm the norm for us is now every family is their own special unique version of a family and that's kind of like how I like to try to talk about it like however someone has a family that's their special way of family yeah I love that um but so now like families breaking up and having divorce like setting that like nuclear like spiral is not something that like I don't think 
anyone like we don't have like issues with that because that's just it's not a unique raised. issue it is actually yeah. just it's fairly normal so that's not even the catalyst of the madness no. that is actually the um the healing almost it's like the divorce is the healing aspect mm-hmm. of it um but I just I mean I've never it's it's crazy because I like you know no one's experience in this world is truly unique um so I'm assuming there's going to be like thousands of of people who see a, a character on the screen and go, that's exactly me. Um, but I have never felt so seen, um, timely seen in a show or on TV by a character ever. Like I, this one character, Lizzie Kaplan's character, I was watching her and I was like, holy gosh, that is me. That is my life. That is how I feel. And seeing it on screen, I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those where it I felt really like hit I, me hard. Her character, yeah. her character, like I, I see, I see you. I actually, when I watched it, I saw you. Yeah, which I was like, I know these people; these are my friends. <laughs> but like, I was never like, I'm not a Claire Danes character because I've never been like rich and powerful. Like, no, and I, I never saw myself was. in Claire Danes, but I saw friends of mine in that character and her, the birth trauma that she goes that through, was, I think is very, was... I think it's topical for almost every single woman who's ever given birth in a hospital, even with as much information and support, that kind of birth trauma is uh, common. A thousand times a day, yeah, I had birth trauma happens. I had that. I know. I know someone that that happened to. Yep. Like exactly what happened to Claire Danes. I know someone that that happened to. Somebody who was actually like in a very similar actually similar situation. Yep. Claire Danes. Yeah, and that yep. happened to her. Yep. And she I mean, actually was the one who when I would she talked about it openly, and when I gave birth, like I was fully aware of what things were going to happen because yep. she talked about it so openly, but had it not been for her, yep. I would never even known that this was a thing that could happen. I mean, so one of the reasons why I became a doula was not because of my own personal situation. I had, uh, I had more uh, abstract trauma with my first. It wasn't personally effective. It was more of a personal boundaries were pushed, but I was at least I had different circumstances that didn't allow physical boundaries to be pushed, if that makes sense. Um, But it made me question if I was feeling this way, I can't imagine what's happening to other people. And I became a doula for that. Um, And the insanity of that, it is just common practice to harm women because it makes someone else's life easier is insanely troubling. Yeah. And a core root of why our world is not working. Yeah. You want to I mean, harm someone, a person, and destroy the path of their life to make your, a moment of your job easier. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. <laughs> it's a tough, well, it's just like, you know, going back to the fact that medicine is being put on capricornian track of like you do this for the money not for the helping of the humanity and the lack of education like i mean i learned um fairly recently i had known it in a brief way through going through doula training but it wasn't really described because there's also problems with whiteness in at least that area of um education 
But the first C-section that was documented by a white colonizer was done by Black women in Africa. They had survival rates of over like 99%, no trauma to baby or to mother, um, done without anesthesia, um, like classic anesthesia. And um, there were no problems or complications. And white men specifically stole those techniques but then made them worse for other women. And people don't realize that it's like, it's wow. C-sections are not modern, you know? And also white indigenous people or Caucasian indigenous people were doing the same things. They just were stripped of it before modern medicine. So they went to Africa, stole techniques, claimed them to be their own, and then made it worse for society which is insane um so yeah so So I digress I mean I don't want to get into we could have a whole whole episode about uh birth trauma um but it's one of those shows that I don't think it doesn't make the trauma gory it doesn't make it unwatchable it doesn't make it um in a way that you cannot actually digest it which I think is more palatable and shows it shows it in a way that it truly is um because traumatic births can look look like nothing's wrong. And I think that's really the core uh, message for me, like from that show that a traumatic birth could look like uh, the most peaceful birth in the world. Yeah. You know, um, you just... oh, I'm going to cry. Oh no. We're good. We're good. But anyways, that show, I highly recommend it. Um, and Lizzie Kaplan, man. Well, yeah. And we were talking fucking, about fucking character. How they... <laughs> took all these characters from our like young adulthood and cast them in this show so like these are like, people that we have jesse eisenberg people. is a fucking middle-aged doctor just think about that yeah and what's his face from the oc oh seth cohen is a grown-up cohen yeah like all these people lizzie kaplan from she's from me girl, girls yeah like claire danes you know like these people are all people we grew up with and we picture them in those moments like i picture when i think yeah i think of adam brody he's there yeah he's nothing else he's there in my mind when i think of claire danes i have we have grown with her i think a little bit more so i actually didn't i wasn't as shocked to seeing her but like i was shocked to see jesse eisenberg as like a middle-aged dad yeah and now we have we like we have this like child or young adult connection to these people and then we see them go through this like tough reality that is the midlife and I think that like juxtaposition of having the fact that they casted it that way Mm -hmm. was so poetically done and I I I'm sure there was an intention behind that. Yeah, it it was, what was the word that I kept using? It was visceral. Like it was like, it hit you on, it was like sensorial, visceral, like, like throw up of like, oh my gosh, all of these people, I, I sense in other ways and imagine them in other ways. And then I'm putting them in situations that I have been in. Like my life felt very, um, shown on screen and then I'm seeing someone that I only imagine as a 15 year old (laughs) acting out my life we are struggling with the show so much more is like 
I wonder if people our age who've lived in like not in New York City have the same connection to the story. Yeah. But since we're in like New York City of this age, like for us, like it was like it was just like yeah I I do I wonder if people who yeah because I I, so and that's thing I I was telling a a friend that um the story isn't New York City central like I don't think New York City is a character like how like sex in the city is or other like girls or something but it is a backdrop and it's a very specific microcosm of people but you can see that it's mostly about um social uh like financial social structures so yeah. it's like you could take that and put it in like Dallas, Texas, and like maybe it's some rich friends and you're not the richest friend, or you could put it in suburbia and it's like, oh, the friend, that one friend who has the big house and everyone else has like the smaller houses. Like you can yeah. take that model and put it anywhere. Um, but New York yeah. City in itself, there is a longingness and a um youthfulness. I think it um I don't think it stunts people, but there's a stunting. Uh, it does. It's a, a stunting mentally of like, I'm it young, does. I'm 40. I shouldn't have children. I'm a child. I'm a child's bride. Like I felt like a child when I had my first at 30 years old, I was the youngest mom by 10 years on the playground other than like two other moms. And it was jarring because I was like literally called a child's mom. <laughs> At the, at being and I was like one of the older people from my friend group from high school. Everyone had their kids yeah. at like twenty four, so I was like, "What is this life? What is this I know. place I live it's, in?" <laughs> it's very, it's very bizarre. Like now, I'm, I'm one of the older moms in my class, but everyone's pretty close to the same age. Yeah, everyone's probably like, late thirties at least. Late thirties, early forties. Like we're yeah. all in that like. age range there's some moms who are younger um but I'm definitely at the like hopper range of the the moms you also have to think about like the the social um and financial like like where you're at like in your economic like you living in a very specific part of Brooklyn is also like a different energy like it very is with New York City it's very much neighborhood like of like how old the parents are (laughs) like I really do it's like people flock to like the neighborhoods where like it's like oh no it's a bunch of millennials we're all parents or it's like a bunch of like moms who got pregnant when they were 45 like there's such a huge there's and there's there's nothing wrong with any of those things it's just your experience as as parents really really shift um mm-hmm. but yeah so i don't know I, we we super digress into this but i do think that everyone should watch it especially if you are coming up to your midlife transits or you're in your midlife transits because I've never seen um, I've never seen anything done in a way that is artfully inspired by midlife crises. Like, do I think those writers knew what midlife transits are? Probably not. But they're probably like, like, let's use this whole like what a millennial or Gen Xer feels like going through a midlife crisis because it's not like the boomers. It's not like buying a Ferrari or cheating on your husband or whatever. It is not those things it is I don't feel like me anymore and I don't know how to find me again with you that's for me and that's why it hit for me is exactly what you just said I'm not me anymore there was me who I was a different person like up to my Saturn return yep there was me who was like like surviving between my Saturn return up until 
like about that time in like 2017. And then there was that person that was not, it, that was not me. Yeah. Like I will always say that that time and period of, for me, like I did so much in my life, but it, I lost myself so hard. Well, you became, you came a, like a, a victim of, of the construct of society, which I think a lot of, and then that's what the, the return, that's what all of these transits do. It's like, it, it goes, no, you are not a product of society. You are an individual. You just have to grow. You're not going to yeah. be the same as you at 28. And you're not going to be the same as 18, but they are still, there's still facets of you in it. And I think that's really where our society as a whole has stripped away coming of age rituals to yeah. keep us conformed to whatever this fucking fucked up capitalist structure is. It's like, no, I want to live in my fucking mid midlife transits. I want to honor the fact that I'm going through this. I'm not going to like bust, like just work through it or like just deal with it. Like, no, I'm going to like integrate this shit. Like, yeah. Have the past two years been like really fucking fucked up in my head? 100%. On the outside, everything's kind of okay. Inside, I'm a goddamn fucking wreck, but I'm integrating that so that I can just be me. Like, I just want to be me, yeah. whatever that looks like. And I do think that, like, the Scorpio generation gonna... is going to change it for everyone. Like, it's there's think... a change. I still think that you're finding the grounding of who you're going to be still. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I don't, and I think that you're still discovering that. And I think that there's still just not enough dialogue to the fact of the rediscovery of yourself. And like, we are all in this moment of rediscovering who we are and wh what it is that we're trying to do. And yeah. Oh, the that's show, yeah. the show, the show brought it up, brought it forward. But like, this is just something that we're all going to be going through right now. And you know, I don't, it's just something that isn't being talked about that much out there. No. And like, you know, you could feel very alone. And I think there's a part that we does need to be talked about this more. And the sh fact that the show did bring it up, I think is helpful, you know, and for, I think for that's, sure. Yeah. Mm. We're just, it's, it's just not the easiest time. And it takes forever. That's the thing that's it's like long. It's, it's not long. short. It's a very, these are long transits. These are, these are the longest transits. They don't, these are all with these outer planets that take forever to move. And this is only going to happen in this part of our life because these are like the slowest. Because we don't planets. live that long. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why. And I think that's the thing too. I think there is an honoring of the fact that a lot of these transits these well these transits will never happen again and that does bring up mortality and i think that's why a lot of people have those kind of crisis moments is like oh if you know astrology you'll most likely have you know at least two saturn returns you know what i mean at least maybe three you know you're gonna have you know like 30 fucking mars returns you know what i mean you're gonna have all of this time to grow off of transits that happen frequently but these bigger ones that happen right smack dab in the middle of your life will only happen one time for you unless like we start living until we're 200 years old like yeah. um and even then they might not happen again you know what i mean because there's such big planets um or long you know long transits but it's it's just sitting with the fact that like 
mortality starts to creep in at this age especially yeah. if you also have children you know what I mean um or if you work with children so you're surrounded by like, like I keep looking and I'm like oh my god like you are we start seeing with clothing trends it's like why are you wearing clothes from when I was a kid you know what I mean like you start like going like oh fuck like are we that old like how how is that yeah. album 20 years old oh my gosh yeah. you know you start having that thrown up to your face and the only right way you can do it where you are integrating it versus like just you know stepping over it and not even bothering to look at it which then it creeps in anyways and you just fucking destroy your life is to acknowledge it and go that makes me sad it makes me sad mm-hmm. i'm sad that i'm getting older not older not older but i'm sad that like i can't tap into being a, a kid anymore like you know i have yeah. memories but i will never be young again and i think that's what the show really highlights is the fact that yeah it has to do with like why am I not young why can't I just be free it's like I can do that I just have to do it in a different way because my life is just different and it's gonna feel sucky that is oh yes like feeling that need to feel young and have the ability to live life as a young at heart but you have to do it in such a different way and I think for me, like I found that moment this year where the first time I felt like I was able to be young again in mm. but in a very controlled setting. You could have fun. You could you let have loose fun and have fun. And have, but it looks so different. And it's yeah. in a very much a distinct, different role of that way that you felt like that joyfulness of being young and not yeah. being tied down with everything else in this world. And it's so- I think we all long for that feeling we do I you know it's so funny I keep thinking about there's like that TikTok trend of like all the Gen Zers that are showing their Borgs which are like their alcohol like they basically make a mixed drink in a in a gallon water jug with a cap on it they name it it's something funny it's actually really mostly water so they're hydrating like they're making these like very protected boundary safe fun drinks for themselves that they don't share or they share but it's it's theirs and I keep seeing a bunch of like millennials on TikTok being like, I'm 37, I'm 38. And like, we just drank out of like, you know, a, a garbage can that anyone could have roofied. Who knows who peed in it? <laughs> we did that. But then they go, we're proud of you for not doing it like us. And you know what? I'm going to do the same thing as you, but there's going to be no alcohol in it. And it's just going to be hydration. You know, like, it's like, we're do- like, we can tap back into the funness of our youth without being like, oh, and then I'm also going to get wasted <laughs> or, or yes, you can, but there is there's a there's definitely a um a recognition that i'm seeing from a, specifically my generation on the younger generation of going like you guys are assholes but like i'm really glad that like you're living life better than we did like yeah good job like there's no i'm not shaming you for getting participation trophies it's yeah. not like i bought my participation trophy dad no <laughs> yeah exactly you're the one who well, did it it's just like the part where like you know like I I enjoy like the fact the frankness of Gen Z I love that they're just like honest they're truthful they say what they want they care about themselves they care about the world and like I find it extremely refreshing to see just how much these kids are able to shoulder and do and honor all at the same time I find it so respectful you know are 20 year olds dicks yeah everyone was i'm sorry i don't care who was ever going into the workplace at 20 years old you're 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 not like cool like having to deal with a 20 year old in a professional setting 
no matter what generation you are that's you're still a fucking be, dick and you're putting someone you're old out of work and that's just yeah. the cycle of goddamn life like yeah and it it's not a fun thing but i think on the flip side of that coin though like you see like how much more these kids can shoulder and do and how mm-hmm. much more progressive they well, are it's a testament much- to their parents it's a testament to gen xers of raising kids in a way that um they're able to shoulder this and you know i keep seeing a lot of correlation with boomers and gen zers of them being more me generations versus how gen x and millennials are not as me generations they're more like collective generations but i see gen zers as having the opportunity and i do think that they will especially in this age of aquarius not to be me but for me for healing so i can heal others versus but what is she- me 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 and like i'm gonna destroy the world because i don't want anyone else to have it but wouldn't you say that that's exactly like leo and scorpio are more me where libra and sagittarius are more them yeah yeah i mean there you go (laughs) oh so good well you know what we are at that two hour mark so um thanks for if anyone is with us still if anyone went down the rabbit hole of bullshit you're like one of our one of our five friends you're one of our five friends i mean we do have a pretty decent listener listener i can't even speak right now i'm done but we have at least 200 regular people who listen or maybe there are people who listen multiple times i'm not sure it could be five people who listen oh my gosh i would love to meet the person who would listen to this twice Because I don't think I could. I bear, I don't even edit this, so I don't listen to it. I'm like, let's see if it's like it's the audio quality good all the way through. I'm like, I'm not listening to this crap. I'm just gonna put it up here. <laughs> um, but I think, well, thank you for uh getting to the end with us. And you know, we will be back. I know we were on a hiatus. Life has just been freaking crazy. And we say every single episode we're gonna do this more often. But you know what? My Saturn Square Saturn is gonna put together a schedule, and I'm going to have alerts on it. And Alyssa you're coming for the fucking ride with me i I say we're recording and you say yes to that date we're gonna do it and we're not gonna forget because i forget a lot and it's not okay it's disrespectful of time and space (laughs) i'm I'm always here for me i'm saying this for me it's accountable for you i'm here i'm i'm in a good place i'm here for others (laughs) like i'm I'm cool man like you're not that like cool like 40 something year old woman who just is just chill man oh what a life here. what a life um here. all right i'm, here I'm actually here. you know what screw it i'm gonna pull one tarot card to see what is going on for the rest of what's our energetics for yeah. the next couple of weeks what's this energetics after the full moon <gasps> oh i love it for us i got the star card oh my god I like had I've been thinking about the star card this whole entire podcast shut up no No, I was like gonna bring it up and I was like this is just Aquarius the star like you know know, almost every reading I did this past weekend um everyone got the star at some point in the reading and I was like well it's probably timing let's just call it for Aquarius like let's not go too deep but like you're on your path destiny (laughs) is with you you're healing you're healing all your trauma you're healing we're healing but i love i love that for us i love it for the collective i love it for everyone and um everyone should watch uh bravo and uh that's about it i don't know that's i don't i don't want to talk about bravo at all fuck them all but i still enjoy them i love them 
I know. We're, we're hitting Bravo high season now. We are. I, actually, next episode, we should really talk about uh, Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. So Yeah, we need... My my high season is Summer House, Vanderpump Rules, Top Chef. I mean, yeah, Top Chef is I'm back. so excited about yeah. the season of Top Chef. It looks yep. spectacular. Probably... Top Chef and Summer House are my favorites, but Vanderpump. I'm excited for I'm Vanderpump. I'm excited for Vanderpump. I'm excited for Katie, who is just like us, same age, midlife transit vibes, fucking leaving Tom, leave Schwartz I'm, behind. I'm here for the empowerment of Katie. Do I'm you? here for I, her. I want witches of WeHo. Like, I know Stasi is so problematic, and I know Kristen is, ugh, Kristen. But, like, I miss it. I miss these I miss witches them of too. I miss They need I miss their own them. show. Like, I do think that, like, Stasi, I feel like Stasi's probably put in her time, and maybe we can uh, get her to just, you know, reparate. She's back, on, she's back on her podcast. Yeah, but her podcasts are podcasts. Like, she, you know what I mean? Like, I want her on TV. Yeah. I want her to apologize yeah. for all the bullshit she's done, but then I want to see her beautiful baby and Bo. Like, Bo needs to be on reality TV. Bo's, yeah, they're they're a good couple, and they've been through a, like, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. I want them back. So, you know, to anyone who does programming at uh, Bravo, if you're part Who's of our 100 listeners. And you've made it for two hours. All right. Well, enjoy your star energy. Um, and like, uh, I don't know. Let's fucking heal, man. Stay grounded. I love you. You're the best. Hood up. Um, hood up. Deuces out. Peace out. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for listening to this episode of Magic on the Patio. For more information on this episode's guest, check out the podcast show notes or our Instagram at Magic on the Patio. Stay grounded.